I'm so excited today. I just got back from a two-day training in Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, very pretty place. And I brought my instructor back with me. So <laughs> we're going to discuss, I'm going to pop her up here. Um, oh, she's going on. There she is. This is Dr. Amy Spolstra. And she is the founder of a brand new program called uh, Focus. And it's a really interesting way of talking about brain development and how our children behave. So she's going to tell us a little bit about that today. Welcome. Yeah, well, it was great to have you. Um, Dr. Nancy and I are actually, we've gotten to know each other through our our overlapping work in chiropractic and chiropractic pediatrics and the great work she's doing with um, supporting women in our profession. So we've just gotten to be really good friends. And yeah. it was an honor to have you at our advanced seminar. She came to our intro seminar and our advanced seminar and is now certified in neurodeflective retraining and focus approach, which means... Um, that's the big question. What does that mean? What is that? Um, it, it means that she has, and we have in this approach, a clearer understanding of how brain development and the trajectory of brain development, meaning how the brain grows and develops from in utero, early life, um, all through life, how that can impact the way that we engage with and interact with our world. So that can lead to things like we have what I call deflections or gaps or different things, different events, physical, chemical, emotional, different events that can happen during the time when our brain is developing that can impact our behavior, our learning, our socialization later in life. And not just, you know, we talk about the pediatric realm, but this is all ages. So it's really important to understand that, that it's not just kids we're talking about when we're talking about behavioral learning and socialization challenges. And it's really important to remember that there's always a reason for behavior and that the brain can change at any age. Um, so this is a vast topic. Um, I've been doing this work um, in the FOCUS program, which is a multi-pillar program to actually go back and help address and understand, analyze, and help fill the gaps that may be there, that may be creating some of these behavioral learning and socialization challenges later. Um, so it's a multi-pillar, it's a four-pillar approach um, in our practice here in Coeur d'Alene. We've been doing that for a decade. And now in the last year, we have been training other doctors to be able to, um, and other medical professionals, not just chiropractors, but other doctors to be able to know how to lead with brain development in our assessment and understanding of behaviors and learning challenges and whatnot so that we can not just help individuals cope, but in fact, help them address underlying imbalances that might be there that might be creating these challenges in their lives, whether it's, you know, dyslexia or autism spectrum disorders or undiagnosed things or inattentiveness, social anxieties. Um, and we've been, we've been having some really great, incredible results with that over the last decade up here. And uh, we are just taking that um, to a bigger audience now to be able to help more people. Cause unfortunately there's a really large demographic of individuals really struggling with these neurodeflective disorders, as I like to call them. So when she's talking about neurodeflective disorders, she's also talking about like, we were discussing this, how we, we have our own neurodeflections. Um, so like when, when you get stressed out, what do you tend to do? Um, you know, I like to clean, I like to organize my environment that helps me make, mm -hmm. keep the control. So it's kind of the same thing with a kid when 
when they're feeling stressed, what do they do? You know, they may yell and scream, you know, they may, you know, pound things, hit things, you know, things like that. So they may retreat to their room. They may line up their toys. They may become really obsessive and compulsive about a very small um, aspect of their life. Um, it may be food. It may be certain friends. It may be certain activities. It may be repetitive movements of their body or repetitive scripts or ticks or things like that. And all of these things exactly are windows into what's happening in there. And when we can um, view these through a different lens of understanding, we understand that it's not just about covering them or suppressing them or meeting compliance standards, whether it's in the classroom or at home or whatnot, but instead understand them and, uh, and know how to use tools from you know, functional neurology, chiropractic to increase organization of information being fed to the brain, nutrition, biomedical approach, methylation, um, vision therapy, uh, occupational therapy, how to take all of the complexity of all of these different modalities and know when do we need what? How do we put this together? And what is the foundation for all of this? And so um, that's what we do in this work. And we work with, you know, building a team for these individuals. But we have to do that in a hold apart way. We don't want to treat the symptoms. We need to understand them. And then we can start putting this team together. And so we have a, a great group of certified chiropractors already around the country, actually, um, after this weekend seminar, and those that are also continuing to learn on this in the Focus Academy so we can offer more for our communities by putting this together because what what we find in our profession and and I think across every profession and and specialty is that we tend to be very niched. We tend to look at things with a monocular viewpoint where we're we're looking at things like well this is what I can do to impact this individual and then another profession is saying well this is what I can do and their and their teachers are saying this is what I can do. And, and the gold here is being able to look at this through the hold apart lens of saying, okay, but what's happening with this individual and what potentially was happening in the, in the development of their brain that may have led to where we are now, now we can more appropriately put the pieces together to know what to do and how to do that. So it kind of be like building a house. You have the concrete foundation, you have the frame, you have, you know, the roof, but maybe a, a rainstorm came when you're framing and it wilted some of the beams, you know, the frame, you know, to build your house. So then you build your house. Well, why is the wall bowing? You know, so there was a stressor when the house was being built. Yep. And now you have a wall that's being bowed. So that's kind of how that's quite yeah. Use that, Nancy. But your roof is starting to also sag, you know. So do you go fix the roof, you know, or do you work on what was causing the um bowing in the um drywall, you know? Right. Or do you just look at the drywall or and and here's the thing, that's beautiful. Um, you know, and the, the roof specialist is very um very good at what they do. Let's say you get yeah. the best drywaller and you get the best foundation expert and you're doing that and you're like, but why does it, why am I still here? And, and when I fix the drywall, oh, now I have another issue somewhere else. Why is this happening? Here's the thing. If we didn't have a big picture blueprint of how this thing was supposed to be built to then be able to understand where the, the, the gaps and the integrity of the whole system went awry, we wouldn't know what to do. We wouldn't know how to appropriately address the whole thing if we didn't understand what the what the order was supposed to be in the first place and how we could have 
challenges with the parts because of the hole. And that's really, it, it, that's a great, that's a great analogy. I love it. But it's really the same thing when we're looking at a developing mind and a developing, and a developing brain. So we're looking at, you know, these symptoms, but really we need to be looking at, okay, but why, and how does it relate to the whole and the timing of that? Like you said, like, well, when I was putting the studs up, I had this thing happen and it created a lack of integrity in this part of the system. Okay. Um, well, what do we do about that now? Right. Mm -hmm. And that piece of wood still looked good, but it wasn't as strong. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so really educating practitioners, mental health practitioners, chiropractors, teachers, parents about this hold apart approach, understanding these developmental hierarchies, basically taking the complexity of brain development and boiling it down to something that really makes sense and we can understand, then we can put the complexity of our clinical approaches back in. And so that's what um, what I've you know created in my practice just to help me over this last decade. And that's what we're teaching is to get chiropractors and other professionals looking at it in this way as well so that they can then know when to use their specialty and when to start to build a team. And that's, it doesn't become a, a scenario that's us or a different practitioner or, you know, or in other practitioners as well. It's like this or them. It's like, how do we use what we know from the latest science and the, and the methods that we have that are wonderful um, and put them together appropriately to help each individual. Right. So she's developed a great program. Well, talk about your four pillars first and what those are. Yeah. So in the focus program, we have where we, which is in Coeur d'Alene um, in our practice and, um, and what we teach at, you know, teach other chiropractors about and how to facilitate that. The first two pillars are what I call the clinical pillars and that is chiropractic. So improving the input and organization of the information coming into the brain. That's really important because when we're talking about brain development, we know that the brain is not fully developed at birth. We know that the brain has to move through this, tra this trajectory of growth, bottom up, back to front, inside out, right to left. I tell people, think of it like just a flower opening up. And so we know that that, that trajectory or that growth is impacted and influenced by the, by the information being sent into the brain through from our environment and from our outside of our body through the nervous system, up through the spinal cord, up to the brain, the brain that the brain stem send messages to the midbrain, to the front of the brain, and we start growing and wiring and connecting. So just like we all know that, you know, if we don't have appropriate touch or sound or light or these types of things, meaning we're altering the sensory experience, the sensory input being fed to the brain of a newborn, um, if that's altered and we're not getting the right amount or, or it's not organized in the right way, we're not doing that. That's why it's important to hold our babies and sing to them and talk to them and all of that. And we all know this. If that's altered in some way, that can alter the way that the brain moves through that development. Therefore, it can alter the architecture of the brain, right, later in life. We know this. This is, this is knowledge that is known. Um, so here's the thing. If we alter our movement systems, if we're not able to turn our neck appropriately, if we're rigid, we're not able to roll one way or the other, we're arching constantly, or some of the things that we see really often when we look for subluxation in chiropractic, subluxation, those shifts of the spine causing some interference in the nervous system, sending messages to the brain differently, that in itself, just that movement challenge in itself can alter, that's a sensory input that needs to go to the brain, 
that can alter the way the brain moves through development. So it's really important that we actually assess that and measure that and see if that's a piece of the puzzle for these kids exhibiting challenges with behavioral or adults, behavioral learning, socialization challenges later, that we know our windows into the brain and potentially some challenges in the way the brain went through development. So that's why that's pillar one. Pillar two is really pretty simple and most people understand it's pretty complex, pretty vast, but it's a pretty simple concept, which is it matters what we put in, right? So food, nutrition, methylation, genetic variants, it can get big or it can be pretty small in understanding, hey, nutrition matters, inflammation matters. We know that we need, to, our gut's our second brain. If there's inflammation there, there could be inflammation here. That can affect the way the brain functions and moves through development. So that's pillar two. Then we move into our educational pillars, which is pillar three is neurodeflective retraining. Hey, first two pillars, we need to till the soil. We need to see if there's any challenges in, in those areas that affected the way the brain moves through development. And we need to clean that up if that's there. So we need to till the soil, get the brain ready to grow and change and, and fill the gaps where we may have gaps from brain development, even in an adult. And pillar three, neurodeflective retraining is our our way, it's taking all these different theories and all, all of this inf information um, that we've accumulated over the years together and saying, hey, what specific movements, eye games, cognitive games, exercises, educational approaches do you need, primitive reflexes do you need to specifically do, so movement exercises, basically brain retraining stuff, neurointegration work, to go back and stimulate the areas that need to be filled. So we till the soil, we get the brain ready, and then we get in there and we're specifically working on the areas that need to be stimulated to create that really strong, healthy whole brain function. And pillar four is really important, and it's brain-based mentoring and parenting. And what that is, is understanding that everything we do, every way that we interact with a child or a parent is important. Connection is, is important. Understanding there's a reason for all behavior. We don't just have bad kids or bad adults or lazy kids or broken kids. There's a reason that they're having the behaviors the um, manifestation of deflections that, they, that they're having, the challenges that they're having, the wins that they're having. And so when we start working with parents to understand what those specific behaviors and whatnot mean, we also help them start to be able to connect and support their child in a way that maybe they're having some frustration with because they just don't know how to do that. And then as that changes, as the child or adult changes because they become more whole brain functioning, and we're not seeing those behaviors as much, then they, we support them and they grow through that. So that's really important as well. Yeah, the parents really need a lot of support, especially as what we learned this weekend, as the child's brain starts developing and healing, they're going to change and they're, they're going to do some things that you are going to think are not good, but they really are. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Growth can look like sometimes a pulling in or a regression. Yeah. Um, and so parents need a lot of support to understand what we're seeing. Doctors need a lot of support to understand um, what the behaviors we're seeing are meaning and are we on a healthy trajectory of growth or do we have something we need to address? There needs to be more. We can't guess at this stuff. We need to know. Right. No, you have an awesome program. I tell you what, everybody, I've learned so much from her. She's done a lot of research on this. She's kind of married. She's got a um, vision therapy background or vision uh, neural yep. development from her father. And 
Um, he used to drag her to all the seminars, kind of like my dad was, did with chiropractic seminars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so she went to school and she said, oh my gosh, we need to bring these two together. And she did. And she's been working on that ever since she's been in practice. And what she's come up with has been amazing. Anything else you want to add before we give them the information? Maybe we'll do another one of these sometimes. I think I love the work that Dr. Nancy is doing with her Mommy and Me program. And I think that um, implementing this stuff in early, early life is really important. And arming chiropractors with the information, blending these two together is really important. And um, so I'm really, really happy to be on here. I'm happy to have my relationship and connection with you in all the ways and look forward to what you put out there to help more chiropractors help be um, better practitioners for more people. Yeah, if anybody's interested, they can talk with Dr. Nancy because she is certified in this. We have a Dr. Amy, so DR period, Amy Focus. Facebook page. You can follow that. I do lots of lessons on there. It's a free page. We're about to launch a new site, uh, which will have a lot of content in there for people in the general public. We have uh, programs and options for people all over the country. So just feel free to follow us and, and talk with Dr. Nancy for more information. Yeah. So we do have a question here. Do you see that? So the question I see here is you mentioned sensory input is crucial to the brain development. True. If a child is born, perhaps deaf or blind, can you compensate for these deficiencies in sensory input? Love this question. Um, Yeah. So we're going to have altered sensory input. So there are specific things. We've actually worked with people that were congenitally blind. And one of the things we have to do is a little bit different. We have to go more of a top down approach because there are ways that we can stimulate like this visual cognitive um, processing, even if we don't have the actual vision. So visual cognition and mind's eye is different than actual like visual acuity, right? And so, yes, that's a that's a great thing. And then we have to go like, okay, so perhaps deaf, so we don't have all, so we have altered auditory input, whether it's completely deaf or partially. And so what we're going to want to do in that situation, and we've had this in many times with practice members, is go, okay, so how have you compensated and what have, and how has that impacted the way your brain has gone through development? And then what are we, what do we need to do in the neurodeflective retraining realm to start get you get getting this person more whole brain functioning? And so we can do that with a variety of different techniques and modalities, but basically it's like, Yes, there's going to be altered trajectory and there's going to be compensations, meaning we're going to put more of our processing baskets into another sensory field. So we need to know how exactly has this person in front of us compensated and what do we need to do to try to get them more whole brain processing. So and there's some gifts and challenges in that in that scenario. That's a unique scenario, but one that's really important. So I love that question. <laughs> our audience. Yes, she's very smart. <laughs> Well, Dr. Amy, thank you so much for joining me. My bestie. She's yeah. so smart. I love it. We be everywhere all the time together, which I love. <laughs> I know. So when I travel, you wonder where I am this this We're this somewhere week. together. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you have any questions, pop it in the page stream, and we'll be happy to answer them. And uh, thank you again for joining us. Thanks for having me. Everybody have a great day. <laughs>